Barn. And I'm Ryan Klein. And this is another episode of SEO is Dead and Other Lies. Ryan, how are you doing on this wonderful day? What day is it? Is it uh, the 27th? It, it is the 27th. Uh, we just had Christmas. Uh, hey, I love Christmas. Uh, one thing, though, that messes up Christmas, right, is like your, your work week. You don't even really know what day it is. Which yeah, is you're where actually we're at right back now. from work pretty early. I'm assuming that half the office was out already, or it was just oh, half day like in general. Ninety. Look, I don't want to talk about that <laughs> on this podcast so that people you're, can listen. To. You're back at work. It's it's noon <laughs> Eastern time on a Friday. Ten thirty. No, it's it's five thirty. We have a very oh. exciting episode where we're going to talk about some pretty useful things if you're in the SEO industry, and maybe some things that you haven't really thought about, but stuff that you really need to know if you're going to be working in this industry or if you're just going to be doing SEO in general. Yeah, I figure this is a good opportunity to go over some of the skills and disciplines that we feel decent, if not very good SEOs typically maintain. And then if you were working with SEO and we're going through the list and your SEO doesn't really know how to do any of these things, I'd probably question what the hell they're doing every day. Probably fire them or not yeah, hire them. I mean, they don't have to know all these things. We're going to go over five main ones. And if I think that it's safe to say that you should probably understand or be somewhat adept at at least. Two. Well, I, I, let's take that back because there's some, this is very self serving because we know all these things, but yes. Yeah, no, but there's stuff on this list that successful SEOs don't really know how to do. So, uh, they may know how to do one or two of them or whatever, but you know, so don't, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but this is stuff that like, will uh, We'll take your game to like the next level in the SEO industry. The SEO I, think, I think that's fair, but it's also a good way of sniffing out the frauds. I'm just stay to that. I wouldn't say it. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If they know zero, I'm going to be questioning what's going on. Yeah. Right. Ryan Klein's uh, thoughts on this are his own and not yeah. the thoughts of. The do, take take your survey at the end. If you're zero for five, you have to reevaluate your position in SEO world. Yeah. So this is our five skills that SEOs need in 2020. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that. Uh, that I didn't even know that. In there. Well, I didn't even know that was going to be the title. I thought it was just going to be five things we felt it is be important. But anytime you can stuff, uh, you know, 2020 in there, it's a, you got to do it. Yeah, 2025 things 2020. All right, which one are we going to start with? Okay, so let's uh, break it down into, I think fundamentally, just a really important skill in the world of business to have, uh, whether you're in marketing, any other type of area in business. Um, clearly like finance and accounting is like some level of Excel skill that goes beyond like, you know, something like that you learned in high school. I so. completely agree. Excel has been monumentally helpful from both, um, organizing data, interpreting data, uh, representing data and presentations. We'll talk about that later. And plus a lot of times when you're using analytics, search console, Google ads, Bing ads, Yahoo ads. Why, there's a reason that's exported consistently in workbooks because that's the format that you can manipulate it and move it around and utilize it how you, how you like. And you should know in many ways how to, how to do that. Yeah. Ultimately, you're going to be dealing with large volumes of data. Um, well, maybe not if you have a small, tiny website that gets like 10 people a month. Um, <laughs> that is tiny, Paul. <laughs> we're going to fix that because uh, that's why you're listening to us. So you yeah. know, you're going to get to grow anyways. Um, but you know, if you're doing keyword research, if you're doing competitive research, there's a lot of stuff where you're going to get a lot of data in a, in a spreadsheet and you have to know how to manipulate that data to make your life a lot easier. So we're going to walk through just a couple of things um, 
that you really should know how to do. And there, there's a lot of high level stuff. Obviously, like there's a lot to, you know, Google Sheets or Excel. Personally, I, I you got to use both. Uh, they both have small nuances in how they work. Pretty much work the same way though, for the most part. I prefer Google Sheets just because I prefer Google products for, for most anything that's like office related. Um, but we're going to walk through just, just a couple of these. And then we're going to link to a really good resource from Distilled um, that'll kind of teach you some more high level stuff as well. Yeah, I was already going through it, and I was like, I don't really know what a nested formula is. Like Excel is, it's kind of like almost like a language in a way where you can really push it. So when I say language, I mean like computer language, where you can push its boundaries like any any which way. It's pretty much just completely yeah. open to pushing it to its limits. So I, I I can give like a quick example of. Um, how Excel fits into something that I think I've mentioned in previous podcasts when we upload 50,000 pages to a website <laughs> all yeah. at once. I mean, that couldn't be possible unless we had Excel. Excel is also good for organizing data that is going to be uploaded, not just downloaded. So um, an example of uh, a kind of uh, multiple things did within Excel to make that happen would be um, downloading all the cities in the United States and then organizing it um, easily from a uh, descending order of how, what the population is and then deciding to delete all the rows below a threshold that I set for myself, which was 20,000. And then from there being able to upload it via Excel um, or CSV most of the times um, is exactly the preferred format for doing so. Even if you do other types of marketing, like Facebook marketing, right? You want to be able to see uh, matchback data uh, on if your your ads are actually like turning into sales, right? So, say you collect uh, information on your customers after a sale in like some sort of database, uh, whether it's like you know you do it yourself or you have something like a uh, like a Salesforce or whatever, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you know whenever I have to do all this, there's like hundreds of thousands of customers, so I have to know how to manipulate that data, kind of scrub it, put it into a format that like Facebook really likes, and so just knowing how to do kind of basic stuff. Um, to mid-level stuff will make your life a whole lot easier and a whole lot faster. Sure. Um, another time I've used Excel um, personally, um, a little bit more recently, is if you don't want to have like a full-blown CRM for any particular reason, I couldn't really tell you what the good reason would be. <laughs> Maybe you're kind of just starting off and you don't want to like embrace Yeah, you know what? Get a CRM. <laughs> I, I know. Well, I'm going to give you it. Some of them are free, okay? Well, like, just do it. I, w- I will say, well, because you want the CRM for, for automation, which is another skill <laughs> that we're giving away, spoiler, but I, I do like using an Excel in, in some situations, Google Sheet, because you can do some pretty easy um, zaps from Zapier or IFTTT with Google Sheets. So, you know, let's say you get a lead comes in, you can, you can zap it from your website into a Google Sheet. And if you share it with multiple people that want to utilize a Google Sheet post to a CRM, you can definitely upload it very easily into, into its respective uh, columns and rows and use um, Google Sheets as a CRM and maybe yeah. be able to pull additional data maybe you wouldn't typically get from a CRM. Why don't you just give them four basic things from this? So we're not going to get into detail because we would just be explaining an Excel formula. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, if you're going to take something away from what we're talking about, learn what these four things are and how to apply them and, uh, you know, just memorize how to do it. One thing that I like using for presentations or reporting is um, whenever I'm trying to do like landing pages before and after, 
um, or like month, month over month or year after year. Um, sometimes I do like using Excel specifically by exporting Google Analytics and then getting a CSV from that and then using that to be able to make pie charts or line graphs or different graphs that are a little bit more accessible than what I might get from someone else's reporting software. Um, so yeah. that's like something that I, I like using <clears throat> Excel a lot for reporting. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. One of the things though that I think a lot of SEOs don't really even use or know about, which is weird because they should, uh, is like SEO tools for Excel, which is like all of these awesome API connectors and plugins with all these other different tools out there like Ahrefs. Or, so like you can very quickly like pull in data from all these other tool sets and manipulate that data like really easily within Excel. But that, this is, that's like kind of like a high level thing. Uh, so if you don't know how to do the basics, you don't know how to do like how to manipulate that data to begin with, it's just going to be like completely useless and a waste of like money for you to do that. There's a lot of really, really cool stuff that you can do when you, when you actually kind of learn how to, how to use that, that tool. And what's great is for the most part, it's free. I mean, Google Sheets is free and you can learn most of the stuff in that, that you'd learn in, in Excel. So I love Excel. I don't know if I'm getting that point across and how often I have Excel spreadsheets up every single day. It's just, it's just great for organization for of data. Um, once you kind of do more research, I think it's one of those things if you already aren't doing Excel and you start getting in there and you'll kind of open your eyes to all the possibilities you have for organizing and utilizing your data a little bit more than maybe you realized you could previously. And I guess, I guess I always kind of had my, my eye on it just because we, we were talking about before I, my uh, background is in finance and undergrad and it was in Excel all the freaking time. So I was kind of looked at gathering data, data from an Excel perspective, I guess, from day one, even when I started doing SEO. I would say um, text to columns. That would be like one that you're going to want to know how to do. That's amazing. I can't even tell you how many times I've had to drop in a ton of data and then text to columns helped out tremendously. Yeah, that. So we're not, I'm not going to get into explaining it because uh, it just there's no way you could possibly do that in, in audio format but you know like vlookup that's another thing that you need to know how to do what's the word i can never say Con- concatenate no concatenate concatenate i've never been able to say that word oh before. i mean that's amazing for building keywords so let's say you want to build you know 100 keywords all at once you know you drop in a bunch of city names and then the, in the first column and then the second column you have another word and then in the third column you'll concatenate all of them all together and you can create dozens, if not hundreds of keywords all at once. Boom. Saves a ton of time. It's a lot of shortcuts too. <laughs> yeah. uh, easily could have been a podcast about Excel for SEO, but today's oh, this, not that day. Uh, pivot tables, another thing that you're going to learn how to use. And, uh, you know, just a lot of fun, a lot of fun learning there. So uh, we don't want to spend too much time on this subject uh, because it's probably pretty boring. Uh, I don't yeah, know how many people like you now by now. About Excel. <laughs> They're like, I can't see this. I don't understand it. They're saying that's important. I'll just got to take their word for it. Yeah, you got to do it. But we're going to link to that resource. Please check it out. Walk through it. I don't even know people at Distilled. You know, Ryan has his own agency. So it doesn't do us any good to like link to this. I thought it was like a whiskey company when you first said it. So. Nah, I, I wish. Uh, but, you know, so we're, we're just trying to link to some good resources out there and good education. Uh, and also they rank higher than Neil Patel, who I hate. So I'm going to move on to creative writing and copy editing skills. I cannot explain to you how important this is, especially in, in the current environment that Google has thrown upon this. One of the biggest things that you're going to have to do is just create content all the time. Google's a machine that once you got to feed it and creating good quality content, not just content that like is going to be filled with keywords that Google wants, but people will actually read and will actually convert. Pretty important. And you're always going to find yourself needing writers 
you know, you can go to like Upwork and you're, you'll, you can find writers all day, but finding a good writer that's affordable, uh, that's not always easy to do. So from time to time, you're going to have to write the content yourself or you're going to have to rewrite old content to uh, make it a lot better or you're going to have to optimize content. So knowing how to actually write a sentence, how to structure an article, um, and that's going to kind of flow into a, another skill that we're going to talk, talk about later in this episode, which is, which is creating funnels. Um, so like learning how to sort of structure an article that's going to bring someone through it and read through that article and lead them to click to another article is going to be very, very important. And also you want to make sure that like if you do have uh, writers out there that you're paying to do work for you, uh, that they're doing a really good job at it and they're not ripping you off and just charging you like a bunch of money for a crap article. Sure. I, I think at the end of the day, as, as much as I say, I've hated saying this for a long time, uh, SEO, it's more technical, it's more digital. I'm not a marketer. At the end of the day, SEOs are just, they just are marketers. And if you're a marketer, you still have to tell a story. And when you tell a story, it's it's textual. And then therefore, be aware of good copy looks yeah. like. You're the, like SEOs are the ultimate combination of marketers. Right? You got to be like everything. Like you, you gotta do, you gotta know a little bit about everything. So we're like the ultimate journeyman here. Yeah. I, I think that as you I think out of all the, the five ones that we're going to talk about, I think that technically this might be the most important one um, out of the five that we're discussing today, just because it, it definitely is one of those things that you can be, you know, amazing at building a website and, and um, making squeeze pages and then doing automation and uh, like every technical aspect building links, but it's one of those things. If the copy, you don't understand copy, you don't understand the behavior and the psychology of people uh-huh. visiting the website. You're not yeah. going to convert anything. You don't understand how to be a person. <laughs> yeah. So Just give up now. Yeah. So copyright. I think that it's important for, for any SEO. I don't think you don't have to write, you know, forever. I, I personally started off SEO for, for writing. I, I was writing uh, for the first year. And then I worked in house. I w- wrote for about like three to six months before I stopped. So I wrote like pretty consistently for a year and a half and I still write blogs. It's good to kind of refresh, you know, your memory with how, how a lot of these things work by writing, doing videos, of course, doing these podcasts, but it's just, it's important to kind of build that foundation. What, what makes great copy. So then you can give feedback to writers or in-house or anything like that should you know differentiation between like a great homepage about us pages articles, blogs, white papers, press releases, everything. I mean, you should be aware of what the standards are. At some point, you're going to have to do other stuff, right? Like you're going to have to do non-SEO stuff. And that might be you have to write an email uh, that goes out in like an email campaign, right? Or you have to write some copy for an ad uh, for some sort of like ad play, whether it's, you know, it's paid search, whether it's uh, display, what, you know, like you're going to have to do other stuff. So just kind of knowing how to write is just fundamentally useful as a marketer, not just as an SEO, but, you know, for both of those things. Are there any resources that you, you would recommend for anyone? Yeah, yeah there's a, a website that we'll link to called the Content Marketing Institute. Uh, and I think they do a better job than any, any website out there about teaching people about content marketing. Um, they have a national award every year that they talk about. Um, and, you know, they have a, a big gala or whatever uh, once a year. But they, they do really, really good work. They have a ton of really good resources. So definitely you want to check them out. I, I read a book a couple of months ago, um, kind of a short read. I know that you, as a discipline, we kind of got more 
broad about this part of the podcast about just like copywriting and, mm-hmm. and creating good content. I got a little bit more specific with um with like uh, storyboarding and telling a story, but I did did really enjoy the book. It's over here, building the story brand. Real quick read, I don't know, like 150 pages feels like about 30. <laughs> it's just like very very light reading, um, but it reinforces the concept of a customer's journey, whether you're selling. Uh, dog snuggies, whether your services is taxidermy, it doesn't matter what you do. It's about creating your visitor website as a hero. And then you are the person that guides them to eventually making that sale or that purchase. Good resource, Ryan. Good resource. Let's delve into another important area, which is not my area of expertise. Ryan's a whole lot better at this and that's web development. So Paul, (laughs) this is something (laughs) when I used to be a little bit slightly more pompous when it came to SEO and, and being a part of this SEO community, I used to say, and this was probably like six years ago. I said, how in the world can someone claim to be an SEO and work on websites all day if they don't even know how the hell a website works? <laughs> Little did you know. Little did you know that um, maybe like 90% of SEOs don't really know how websites work that well. And I think one of the only ways you can really figure out how a website works is if you um, create a lot from scratch. And I, it's not as important anymore and I don't want to like belittle any, like any web developers or anyone out there that that's their livelihood because of course it's, it's important. Um, but the evolution of how websites are made, namely WordPress has left just a lot of room for amateurs to be able to create beautiful things online, frankly. So it's maybe not as relevant anymore as it was a while ago when you couldn't use templates, you couldn't use themes, you couldn't use a bunch of plugins that made really great websites instantly. Not to mention even what you see, what you get with Squarespace and Wix and stuff like that has come a long way too. But I, I feel like it kind of enhances the technical aspect of an SEO. I think it's it's good. I don't know from like a philosophical standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, um, I think it's important to know how to do that. Uh, the reality is, if you work at a large company, they're going to have a team for the most part that does this and you're not going to have access to it. Right. But you know, you need to know from a technical standpoint, how to do these things. And you also need to know how to do a lot of stuff that like, maybe you'll be in a pinch or maybe they don't have the dev resources to dedicate to, to something that you need done. But if you can do it, you know, like it'll get done. And then, cause at the end of the day, they're just going to judge you on like rankings and traffic. And if you, you have a blocker in your way, which a lot of people are going to have dev as a block in their way, uh, if, especially if it's like a homegrown grown CMS. Um, but like being able to kind of do some of these things is, is really, really important. Yeah, I think that one of the, the bigger reasons that I've seen, if I can give you any, any reason whatsoever to know a little bit about web development and I kind of be able to speak the lingo, is it's like kind of be communicating with the team to get what you what you want done and also maybe garnering respect from like the coworkers or from other people you work with so you know for example it, <laughs> there's a difference between being like you know this page isn't converting can you make it look prettier and then oh yeah like, can you convert the, can you make this page can you adjust the css on on here i was tinkering around with like <clears throat> the fonts and the colors and the margins and i noticed that if i if i did like um the or, text alignment here or the text spacing here of this pixels. And then it just, it makes it, when you speak the lingo, you kind of create that relationship that goes a little bit further than it would have otherwise, I think. Absolutely. And you want to be really clear and precise with like what you want done, especially in something like web development. Cause like you'll be amazed at the time someone will just be like, Oh, make it look good. You know, make it pop. (laughs) That's what I hear. 80% of the hell does make it pop mean? I don't, I don't know. You know, like, uh, different strokes for different folks. So 
Yeah, um, that's a really good uh, call out there, I, yeah, Brian. I, I is like think. being able to talk the, the lingo and even if, just if, being able to do some of it, you know? Yeah, and even if it's like, you know, I noticed I had access. I know, I know you're busy with bigger projects. I just wanted to go in and, and change the font from 14 pixels to 16 pixels. And I don't think they even do that anymore. I think that even I'm, I'm out of the loop with CSS that even it's not even in, in, in PX anymore. It's like it's something completely different because CSS evolves. But I just think it's important that it's just like one of those things like, it's like a doctor knows the human body when, you know, of course, cause they're, you know, they work with people and, and what's going on inside of them all the time. A mechanic knows how cars work obviously in and out. So if you're like an SEO, I don't know if it's the best analogy, but if you're working on solely websites all the time, it's just, I find it odd that it's like, I don't even know how this thing works, but I work on them technically each and every day is what my point is. Okay. So I'm going to get into one of the ones that I think is very important and I have experience in doing, which is why I'm talking about it. And I'm letting Ryan talk about the more complicated things. <laughs> you do complicated things, get out of here. Uh, and so that's uh, creating funnels, right? And ultimately, this is like what we do. This is why we do research, uh, do keyword research. You know, you're, you're not just going after the highest traffic keywords. I mean, you are, but like, what are you going to do with that? You know, you have to convert the traffic that comes to your website into something useful, whether it's a sign up for something or they're buying something or whatever. Um, you know, so learning how to, how to actually create funnels and understanding what tofu is and mofu and bofu, which are really dumb acronyms for like top of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, middle of the funnel, right? You know, how does that traffic come in? How do they make it to another part of, of your, your sales funnel or your conversion funnel? And how do you get them to the very end, right? And so really you're, you're talking about understanding human psychology when you're doing this and what makes people want to make, uh, make purchases. So, you know, understanding the human side of it and like the user side of it and kind of testing those things um, so you know, user testing is, is huge in SEO. Um, I think it is not like for me, uh, cause like ultimately at the end of the day, you could be like, Hey, our traffic went up 30%, but our sales, uh, were flat. Like they're not going to care. I've never met a client or a business owner that was like pumped about traffic being up and sales being flat or down. Right. Right. So learning how to create those funnels, uh, with the traffic that you have coming in and converting it is like the most, it's, it's the most important to, to your boss or to your client for sure. So being able to do that and then being able to communicate that uh, successfully um, is a really, really important skill. I, I almost look at that same discipline almost from like the, um, on, on a website too, from behavior flow. So, you know, automation can be something that happens, you know, afterwards, um, oftentimes in the form of email, correct? Sure. Um, maybe even like remarketing can kind of fall in there somewhere too, but I also think it's important also to look at that from the website. You know, you go into the behavior flow. What's someone doing once they hit the homepage? Do they go to contact? Do they go to about us? Do they see your products? Do they look at your services? Are they doing what you want them to do? And then if, if not, how are you going to make those adjustments? I, mean, I don't, every SEO for the most part is 100% aware of A-B testing. They're always aware of heat maps. And I just don't really hear the actual implementation happen too often. It almost becomes kind of like an afterthought. Unless like that's what you do like day in day out for one website, like you're in house and you're working on that like that website. One of the issues with that is like it's so hard to know if you're you're doing the right thing, and it's so hard for people to pull the trigger on changes. Sometimes you know, um, you know, we use uh, Hot Hot Jar, um, yeah, which I think is a great tool um, for heat maps and uh, conversion tests. It takes you know it does uh, it records. You can record 
visits that pages and like where people click on it and like when they drop off, uh, there's all these things that you can do with it. And I think it's a fantastic tool. You can do a lot with it. I think you can do like surveys and stuff with it as well. So I'm definitely would recommend checking that out. That's something that like, I think really just gets overlooked and it's, it's super, super important because, you know, you could spend a whole lot of time trying to drive a bunch more traffic but what if you just like increase your conversion rate on like what you already had by like 10%, you know, how much more money that would be like worth and how much it would save and resources doing that versus, you know, writing like 50 more pages or something, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm uh, definitely in 2019, I've shifted my focus on a lot of things as far as importance. And I've definitely looked, I guess the best way to say it is look more inward than outward when it comes to making changes. Um, you know, like a really quick example uh, I don't, to get too off topic but you know like for, for our agency i don't know if this is like a comparison it kind of makes sense is like we're like well why are we so concerned about getting new clients when we can have just great client experience with our current clients and then and then upsell them and upsells could be more than getting new clients so it's kind of <clears> like that with the, it's like that with like the website why am i like worried about doing additional marketing and trying to get all this all that more traffic where if i can utilize the traffic i have right now and then sell them to them better a, a lot like of times of the 80-20 yeah. rule is, is exactly accurate. You know? love, love me the 80-20 rule. I'll live, I'll live, I'll die. Percent of your business is going to come from 20% of your customers. Yep, 80% of the, uh, 20% of the work is going to have 80% of the impact. way cheaper to um, maintain a customer and upsell them than get, than get a new one. I mean, it sounds that. like just shallow platitudes at this point because I think if you've been to any marketing conference ever, you've probably heard that. Or read any 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 marketing Maybe, blog article. Sometimes it doesn't really resonate, and sometimes if you don't have a situation to to relate to, it doesn't really click. But it's 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 real. I mean, it's it's not real in the current industry that I work in for sure. But almost every other one I've ever worked in has been platitudes Shallow followed platitudes. by attitudes. <laughs> platitudes and attitudes. What a great song. So yeah, I mean, funnels across the board. I mean, t- talking about, you know, leveraging traffic when it goes offsite, leveraging the traffic when it's onsite. I mean, I, th- I think that it's good to kind of have, I-, I like the mentality where if if, a- if someone that's a qualified visitor to your website and they didn't contact you or buy your product, what did you do wrong? Like, what could you have done better? Like, yeah. Why didn't they want it? Yeah. It doesn't matter if, it doesn't matter if you get a thousand people, 10,000 people a day, it's still, you should still be consideration. That person could have been like a perfect ideal client. Or they could have been a lifetime client. The lifetime value could have been who even knows. It's not you. What? It's me. It's good to get into that mentality. You know, it's like um, Woodward. Oh, yeah. Matt Woodward. Matthew yeah, Woodward. Woodward. Oh, yeah, like, I mean, I still kind of like the idea of, you know, your website is still like, look at it more like a storefront. It's still someone that actually is coming into like your store, whether it be digital or physical. They're walking around browsing, looking at stuff. And then if they just walk out without buying something, you're kind of like, what, what the hell? What I do? Yeah. You know, what could I have done better? Definitely. And so let's break it down into one last super technical one that Ryan, I'm going to let you take this one and that's Python skills. (laughs) So this one's going to be a little bit short, but it's something for consideration. Um, If you, if you already a programmer, you're working in uh, iterative languages and you uh, want to learn programming. (laughs) It is just, it's just just straight up as computer programming. So um, yeah, another reason I uh, was exposed to this is just from the post-grad to a little bit of computer science stuff, but um, I was trying to do a lot of crawling um, type of programming um, via Java. And then I found out through Python that Python's actually really built for it. So if you kind of are already in that mindset, or if you feel like you're up for a little bit of a challenge, because no one said program is easy, Python is actually very ideal for doing an array of um, interesting processes for you. So for example, um, I did 
one where I fed it basic and also works in tandem very well with Excel. So um, basically you'll, you'll create your little program. It'll reference in Excel. And then in this Excel, I had a list of like several hundred websites and I was basically having um, the Python program crawl those websites one by one with a little bit of a delay. And each one, if it, if it had like a, an error, like a 404 or a certain different kind of error for a website that's down, I knew that the domain was available essentially. So I used Python to basically create a list of domains that were for sale from a much bigger list. And then <clears> let it run overnight. And that's good for, you know, building PBNs or redirecting or finding own domains for your own projects. Not that we'd ever build such things. Yeah. Well, if anyone's been listening, they know that like probably 15 podcasts, we've mentioned it. So I've used it um, to find different um, response codes for finding available websites. I've used it. You can use it like potentially for audits. So you can um, use Python to crawl your own website or other people's websites to uh, give you different responses for like if a meta title is too short, if it's too long or it's description, if there's certain keywords that appear too many times. I mean, it's going to sound like it's a lot of things that probably typical SEO tools can do for you already. But isn't it so much more fun to do it on your own? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, why buy ketchup when you can make it yourself? Oh, yeah. I, days. <laughs> I love when people present me with homemade ketchup with um, chicken nuggets or bring over. I was watching a video on that the other day, actually. This guy uh, on YouTube made his own ketchup and he was like, yeah, you know, when you're done with it, you'll like it almost as much as the store-bought ketchup that you buy. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, was it worth it? And he was like, hell no, it wasn't worth it. You oh, yeah, you're talking about that. oh, yeah, it's just like a pain. But, you know, there's satisfaction that come with, it comes with things like that, the projects. And um, when you work on things like this, too, it kind of expands kind of like your creativity a little bit. And then you're like, well, if I can do this, can I do this? And if it does this, can I do this? And But um, there's honestly, there, there's a lot of stuff that you can, you can make the, the process just go like a lot faster if you learn how to do. Yeah, and, and I can tell you, like, Probably the most ambitious thing I did it, did on Python with a friend of mine that is a lot better at Python, but it kind of laid the groundwork up for it, is um, we came up with a project for, we were going to try to create a foot in the door for Mark, Mark in my market for people that have bad reviews. So if they were like on Google and they had like a 3.0 or lower, yeah. uh, we would pretty much automate an email that tried to get them to like come to a website and possibly purchase a product that would help with the reviews. So what we did was if you typed in a profession or like a typical store, like a grocery store or like physician or hairdresser or whatever, um, it would basically crawl every single one via Google maps in every major city in the United States, export it to Excel and it would export the name of the business, the URL, the phone number, how many reviews they had, what the average rating was. And like one other thing, and then you could take that, that Excel, then you plug that into pretty much just like a MailChimp or whatever with columns, you know, for um, the autofill or whatever, or the, yeah, merge, yeah. the merge tags. And basically in a matter of only like a few hours, it would automatically send out dozens, if not hundreds of emails are basically like, hi, you know, I was on so-and-so website um, for your, you located at this address. And I found out that you have X amount of reviews with this average rating. It is this important is that you're rating. <laughs> this is bad. It's better to yeah, work with this. Can I give you a call at the number <laughs> and then discuss what, you know, how we can what help to you do next. Yeah. So that's something that Python does. It just, just completely creates a whole process of just automation where you can get leads. You can get information that you're looking for. You can keep tabs on competition. I mean, it's just, it's Brian a lot. Did it, um, 
Did it work at all? That one, yeah, I got I got some leads, but they were all cheap, so it didn't really work <laughs> out. I might give it a chance. I might give it a go again. I mean, just because it's custom. Yeah. We try we try to actually um, <laughs> talk to Gather Up or Bird Eye about the code, but never really panned out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, there you go, man. Um, that's our that's our five. That's our five skills. We did it. We covered it. Wow, you still here? Uh, those are five ones. I I definitely think that would just get you thinking like on a different level i think it's a combination between technical and necessity and um really just the skill and the value of any seo the skill set yeah so you know we want to say thanks to all of our listeners we really appreciate you guys we have some really good podcasts coming up um, next year um we have some pretty good guests coming on uh, at the beginning of january um and i'm actually really really excited for like the next two episodes that we're going to put out where we're going to be talking about and we're even going to cover one about what to do when your website gets hacked like ours. <laughs> so. Well, see, now, now it all kind of comes full circle because I got the website back up because I have dealt with this before many, many times. So, yeah. so but well, you know what, we're, we're going we're gonna to get into the nitty gritty of what to do. I know I've had many, many websites hacked uh, just because I've had many, many websites. Um, you know, sometimes I forget how many I even have. And uh you know, I've had hosting uh, hacked. I've had everything, like anything that you could have hacked for a website. It's it's happened to me at some point. They hacked the the back. They hacked the front. They hacked the left side. The middle. Of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even this one. Yeah, we'll go over it. But you know, I I had to know uh, FTP, and I had to know what folders. I had suspicious looking files. I had to go into the database and change some things. Hmm. I had to disable the themes. I had to disable the plugins. I had to take um, certain uh, WP files and replace them, like index and config. So. I'm yeah. I'm aware of it, and uh, yeah, it was helpful. And uh, you know, if you like what you hear, be sure to give us a positive review, or leave a comment, or you know, hit that subscribe button on whatever you know podcasting platform you're listening on. Um, you know, ha- go to town, have fun, listen to all of them. We we love it. Um, and if you ever want to talk to us, uh, or maybe be on, like a couple of the guests that we're about to have on uh, in the near future. Um, hit us up at SEO said and other lies at gmail.com. Um, you know, we, we regularly answer people's questions on there. Uh, we're pretty quick to respond to like, uh, to, uh, to emails. Um, you can also leave something on our Facebook page or leave a comment on our YouTube videos. If you're listening on there as well. Cool. You know, this is going to be episode 50. Whoa. I thought we were already past that. Is this episode uh, 50? This is me episode 50, which means now this podcast changed to 50 skills that SEO should be honing every single day so 45 to go ready okay 45 all right bye (laughs) um all right well thanks so much uh for tuning in guys we really appreciate it i'm paul warren and i'm ryan klein and this has been another episode of seo is dead and other lies bye paul bye Bye, listeners bye guys guys